What's good, everybody? It's your boy Mel, and we're back here for another episode. Now, before I go any further, uh, I just want to give a little plug. The Prayer Booth NYC is on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Um, for those of you who don't have Apple products, please, please go subscribe and rate. Um, this helps us get gain more exposure and uh, also helps the show. We're about to go into Act 2 today of The Greatest Story Ever Told. So this is a part of a five-part series. Part 1 was said last time in Episode 2. So if you haven't heard Episode 2, go back and listen to that. Go back and listen to every episode, actually, uh, before you get to this one. But definitely go back and listen to that because this is a part of a five-part series. So this is Part 2 of that five-part series. Act 2 is what we're going to be talking about today, and that is the fall of man. So last time, and just a little quick recap, but last time we spoke about creation and how God created everything and everything was good. And at the pinnacle of his creation, right at the very top of his creation, the most important thing that he did was he created humans. And he created humans with the job of being fruitful and multiplying and having dominion over the earth. So in other words, he wanted to spread his image all across the globe so that people can be an extension of his rule and could glorify him. So that's uh, act one, creation. But then we recognize that there is a gap between what happened in creation and where we find ourselves at today in 2020. So what happened? We kind of alluded to this before, but... What happened was the fall of man. I'm going to pick this up in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, there's a story. And um, the story talks about what happened that set this world into the chaos that we now know it as. Now, it's not as bad as it could be because we still bear God's image. But things are fallen, and we know that. Here's what Genesis 3 says. Now, the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? Let me stop right there. What happens, right, is the serpent is talking to the woman. And what he does is, first off, he challenges the authority structure. Because man and woman were supposed to have dominion over the, the earth. They were supposed to have dominion over animals. But here you have the, the, the flip where the animal is challenging the woman and, the, and it's also challenging God and God's word. Did God really say? See, here's what's going to happen in our lives because of the fall. Every time God says something, the enemy is going to try to contradict it with a counter word. Did God really say this? Well, let's pick it up in verse two, what the woman says. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, you must not eat it or touch it or you will die. If you go back to chapters one and two, you'll see that God said, you cannot eat it or you will die. He says nothing about touching it. But the woman adds that piece to it. Now, don't know why. Could be that she is. You know, the the word and the message is getting a little bit fuzzy here, a little blurry. 
It could be that she thought, if I'm not going to eat it, I'm not even going to touch it. Uh, we don't get any of those details. But here's what we see next. The serpent explicitly contradicts God's word. and He says, no, you will certainly not die in verse 4. And then in verse 5, he says, in fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Here's the thing. The serpent goes from questioning God, explicitly contradicting God, and now he starts attacking God. So each step of the way, he's going deeper and deeper into territory that's not his, is deeper and deeper into this attack mode until he finally questions God's character. He's saying, God's trying to hold something back from you. God don't want you to be like him. And essentially, he plants this seed in her mind that basically she could be like God. She could know what God knows. And if she knows what God knows, then she can live separately from him. That's the seed that he plants. That's that's the thought that I see in this text here. Well, you keep reading the story. Eventually what she sees is that the fruit is delightful. It looks good. And she desires it for obtaining wisdom, basically for knowing what God knows. Because she doesn't. She wants to be in control. She doesn't want to depend on God anymore. She wants to have that knowledge for herself. So she eats of it, looks at it, it's desirable, eats of it. So many warning signs, so many red flags before she does eat of it. But once she does, her eyes are open. She get, uh, Her husband eats some, his eyes are open. And they recognize that they're naked. And there's shame now. There's guilt and there's shame because sin has now entered into the world. You go a few verses down and in verse 10, God is, uh, in verse 9 actually, God is looking for the man and he's asking where are you knowing very well where they are but still connecting now this was very common that god would have this interaction with humans and so when he comes down it's not weird but this time it is weird because man is hiding this is what adam says in verse 10 he says and i heard you in the garden and i was afraid because i was naked so i hid and god is like who told you you were naked and then Adam, check this out in verse 12, he goes, the woman you gave to be with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Now, first and foremost, Adam was supposed to be on point. He was supposed to, you know, be guiding his family in that time. But he plays a passive role. And now he is blaming God because he says the woman you gave. And he's also blaming his wife. So now instead of having that perfect relationship that he would have had with his wife, instead of having that perfect relationship that he, they would have had with God, now he's finger pointing. And now there's this shame. There's this guilt. The, the interactions that were once there are no longer there. They're no longer healthy. Why? Because sin has been present. Well, you look at the curse and the very things that they were supposed to do that were supposed to be good have now become burdens. Being fruitful and multiply, now child labor would become hard and difficult. Having dominion 
Now work would be hard and difficult. Glorifying God and enjoying him would be hard and difficult. This affects everything around us. This affects nature. This affects our physical bodies. It affects our minds, our wills, our emotions. It affects all of that to where at some point in your life, you've definitely seen the fall rear its head. You've definitely seen the fall be applied to that situation. And so that's why we are so far from God's creation. But check this out. Genesis 3 does not end there. In fact, even right after they sin, even though they deserve death, God won. He spares their physical lives. They clothe themselves with fig leaves. God clothes them with something better. He clothes them with something more permanent, some animal fur. And then he says this promise in verse 15, I will put hostility between you and the woman, talking to the serpent, and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. In other words, the seed was going to crush the serpent. The, 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 the offspring was going to crush the serpent, but the serpent was going to leave a, a bruise to the heel of the offspring. Fast forward a little bit. In Romans 5, it talks a little bit about the difference between Adam and this man named Jesus, who we believe was the seed that was promised in Genesis 3.15. And it compares them. You could read about this in 12 to 21 of Romans chapter 5. It compares them, and it says that Adam and Jesus were similar. Through Adam, sin and death came. Sin entered the world through Adam. Death is now a reality because of Adam's sin. However, Jesus, standing on the other side, through his sacrifice, life, eternal life, can be yours. Grace and peace can be yours. We'll talk a little bit more about that next time on the next episode where we discuss Act 3 redemption. But for now, pray for us. Lord, we have experienced the fall and we want to ask, Lord, that you forgive us. Forgive us for our sin and help us, God, to walk amongst this fallen world. Help us, God, because every day we have some hardship and some trial. But Lord, we know that you crushed the serpent. And so this isn't forever. We praise you, we thank you in Jesus' name.